Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Don't stress. Listen to the podcast at WTIC.com or on the free Odyssey app. It's WTIC. We'll listen to more of that Ike speech, and we'll take more phone calls. George in St. Louis. Hi, George. Hi, Todd. Do you remember Afghanistan and our withdrawal in 2021 from Afghanistan from a 12 The high point of the war? Biden administration, you mean? Yeah, exactly. And then recommitting to Afghanistan with additional uh, endless military at uh, uh, endless military expense. This is nuts. Somebody, somebody, give me an answer to this. Why? Why did you withdraw from Afghanistan? leaving billions in military equipment just to recommit troops and uh, not troops, but uh, military aid to to Ukraine, which is going to show up uh, as another endless war. This is this is crazy. This is insane. And this is what you elected for for president. What do you think the reason is, though? What's the answer to your question? Well, if if we had not withdrawn from Afghanistan, if a president that we elected had shown any kind of strength, the Ukraine uh, invasion would have never happened. That's the point. Okay, thank you, George. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. The um, the answer to that question is really important because my answer would be that we don't have governance anymore coming from government. The government has been completely kidnapped. It's like, um, you know, some movie where there's a bunch of androids or zombies who've taken over the government and they walk around acting like they're running the government, but they they don't run the government at all. They just divert the funds. They've created this uh, system of of money diversion. You know, like, uh, you know how a, a department store in the old days used to move the money around with physical like a like a bank would have. Those those little containers that would fly through a tube hidden going through the walls, you know, sucked by air suction or something. I feel like that's what we have now. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Give us a call. Call the rant line eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. We'll play the rants in an hour. And right now we'll check in. With Mark Christopher, BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Anything happening on the roads, Mark? It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yes, we are talking about the loss of America. What is driving it? What causes the President of the United States to speak about Ukraine as if it is going to become the 51st state? Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Dave's calling from Brantford. Hi, Dave. Yeah, how you doing, Todd? Uh, a little bit lighter, and I'll try to go quick. Uh, caller Don, who all of us are kind of fascinated with, 
Uh, I really like that kumbaya moment that you and he had on the air. <laughs> so I am contributing. There's a song that I really like. It's Concrete Jungle, and there's a great line in it. No chains around my feet, but I'm not free. No chains around my feet, but I'm not free. And then there's another song by the name of its culture. Uh, I and I keep fighting for our rights. I won't sing that one either. And so I'm trying to a little Jamaicanism there. And what do you mean you won't Don, sing it either? You just sang the other one. I uh, I didn't want to. It leaked out. I'm sorry. Okay. It was an accident. So Brother Don is one a week. I'm trying to work in a few Jamaicanisms there. And maybe Don will write a song for you and your show that I'm sure will be uh, very exciting. And, well, uh, how about one for America? I think a lot of that stuff about no chains around my feet, but I'm not free. We agree yep. on that concept. And yep. uh, sometimes you agree on something and work out from there. Attaboy, yep. Don. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Todd. Bye. Thank you, Dave. He is a fascinating guy, and I, I do think it's a wonderful thing to uh, the nature of his input and to have his input. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. I do. I, I'm psyched about it. Hi, who's this? You're on WTIC. Yes, You're on the I, air. Am I on the air? You are. So, Todd, Todd, um, why is the president doing this, I think, is the question you asked. Okay. If that's the one you want to answer, uh, go for it. The The president is doing this because the president, as well as the, the liberals, and, and to be honest with you, in my opinion, for what that's worth, uh, m many, if not most, of the Republicans are, in fact, enemies of the state. Mm -hmm. It should be clear to all Americans that this country, if, if it's, if, I guess we could say it's being overthrown if it's not already overthrown. I don't believe that Americans are being represented by this government. In fact, this government is probably being run by somebody other than the people elected in this country. I got Maybe that distinct feeling today with the with what the president had to say in uh, Poland. I found it remarkable. And, and then you couple that with... Uh, with Harris, the vice president, who sounds just like the the ultimate in frauds, and the combination freaked me out a little bit. It, it's it, me too. I mean, it's a frightening situation. Uh, we're just no no longer seeing the reality of what's happening in our country because it's been dismantled so uh, you know little by little that we are no longer seeing the trees for the forest. Right now, we have an occupied country. It's balkanized. Uh, the morality, which, uh, whether we agree with it or not, it was the foundation of this country, has been taken apart. The family has been taken apart. The government is the dad in pretty much every household of this country right now. The, the, the dollar is garbage. I mean, what else can you do to a country? We are on the brink. We're on the precipice of the end here. And, and it's just a matter of opening our eyes and seeing that this country is at its end. And it's been destroyed by children who we've elected and trusted to, to run this government. And look at the, the mess these people have done. It, it just should never have happened this way. We were never represented by, by the people in this government. And here we are. We've allowed not to be represented by the people we elected. So let me just add one more layer to that and get your feedback on it. If you consider that what you just described applies to the political situation, that the political mechanisms of the country, the political infrastructure that we were taught in school is a democratic system, that is, it's controlled by the people. The government belongs to us, and we control it by pulling on these levers and gears in this complex web of of infrastructure designed to make sure that nobody can get too much control over the government. Meanwhile, that 
all of that infrastructure has already been severed from the actual operation of the government. But at the same time, as that thing is collapsing the way you described, you've got an economy that isn't our economy. It's an economy from a generation ago or two generations ago, but still rolling at high speed and remains the envy of the world in terms of what we can produce and how much power that gives us. So we've lost our ability to control the machinery, yet the machinery keeps uh, moving along at a high speed because of this economic infrastructure, because we, you know, we have protocols in place that allow the great entrepreneurs, the Elon Musks, all the way down to the little, you know, the person sitting in their basement w with a couple of employees running a small business trying to make it into what Elon Musk has. Those things are all, this is still the best place in the world for all that, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I'm a small businessman. I, I see what, you know, we call regulations, which is really, I mean, it's starting to look more like an attempt to uh, just take capitalism apart. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, if you, if you as a manufacturer <clears throat> think it's more viable financially to take raw materials, export them to a country, who's your enemy, a thousand, thousands and thousands of miles away, and then put them on a container ship and bring them back and sell them, if that's more feasible for us to do it economically, then what are we doing? We can't even, we can't even manufacture anything in this own country. To answer your question, I think this economy is, is, if not months, maybe a couple of years away from total destruction. The capitalism system here in this country as you just described it, is coming to a screeching halt. And what would cause it to what would cause it to screech to a halt? We, we're out of money. I mean, look at look at what this government does. We we are we are shipping billions of dollars to other countries, billions of of military equipment, which we're going to have to replace, and we're not going to be able to shipping it to other countries. We're giving money away like. Like it's endless. Well, like yes, but that's the government. That's what the government is doing. But the economy remains powerful and is still going strong, isn't it? I don't think so. I, I just don't have that sense. I, I know myself. The, the you know a dollar that I have in my hand today is not worth a dollar. It's not worth what it was worth uh, a year ago or ten years ago. It, it's quickly becoming more devalued. You know, almost. I mean, the, the, what we're seeing now historically, we're seeing history uh, now happen almost on, on a, a steroid level. History is happening so quickly before our eyes. It's like you're seeing this country just roll to its end, you know, so quickly now. I mean, lo look how close we are to a nuclear war. The, I, I, you say the, the, the infrastructure of capitalism, the finances are working well. I, I just don't see that. I, I don't see where why you have that as a small businessman i don't see it i i just see things coming to a very very quick end both financially politically militarily i am i wrong i don't know well, I, I just get that sense i don't know do you have evidence in terms of at a marketplace level that that what the government is doing i feel like you're reacting to what the government is doing and you're so appalled by it that you're automatically transferring the destruction the government is engaged in over to the private sector and i'm not sure how they connect they may and i may well, just be missing it but i think you're talking well, they, about what the government the government is robbing us there's no doubt you look at the state of connecticut it's been bankrupted by by these uh, system riggers and yet there's still an economic engine that's driving 
Let me see if I can make. Let me see if I can try and answer your question. And and I, I know you've got other calls. But let me see if I can try and answer your question or with some level of success. So, uh, the government has so devalued the monetary unit of this country. When I go to build a commercial building, mm-hmm. a building that would have cost that I would have charged a customer, uh, say five hundred thousand dollars for uh, a few years ago, I now have to charge twice or three times that amount putting me basically in a, at a disadvantage very very few customers can say yes I, I can I can go ahead and take I can go ahead and pay that building I can go ahead and uh, you know do this contract with you uh, Mike because because we have that and very few people have the money now that it takes to to move forward in in business ventures whereas uh, what I'm seeing you know what I see is that a number of years ago, yeah, we could move forward with these business ventures, um, whatever they were, building a building or, or remodeling or whatever. But we, you're, I'm just not seeing that now. You're talking and, about and how I much the cost structure has been inflated by the pandemic, uh, shutdowns and all that. By, by the way the government is run, by the way the government yeah. is run. But that doesn't this, uh, mean that that economic activity still isn't happening. It just might mean that you as a small businessman are being, the bigger government gets, the more it crushes the middle class, the more it crushes small business. It may, or We see it all the time. You've got to be big to operate in a world of big government because they don't want it. Like during the shutdown, what did they do? They kept Walmart and those places open, and they made the small stores close. And that kind of dynamic where they can't mess around with the little guy is how big government works. So I, it's, I appreciate the point you're making, and I appreciate your, uh, your negativity because I think it's well-founded. I just And I could be totally wrong. I just see what you're saying as being separate, possibly, or at least we have to find the point they merge. Thank you, Mike, for the call. We've got to find the point where they merge. I, there was a story in the New York Times over the last couple of days about how the reaction in the world economy because of the shutdowns, because of the COVID shutdowns. And it's just a reminder of how dangerous government is, how devastating the shutdowns that happened in this country were. There is now a boom in construction and business movement in Mexico close to the American border because Chinese companies are building manufacturing plants in Mexico. Why are they doing that? Well, they're doing that because American American customers are now demanding of anybody who's, who they're going to do business with. And by the way, this is a reversal. 10, 20 years ago, if you were going to Walmart, they said in this story, as a vendor wanting to sell stuff to Walmart, they would say, well, you need to be getting it all from China because that's the, you know, that's the where the cheapest goods are coming from and where the supply chains are. Now they're saying you have to have one of your suppliers, if you're going to do business with Walmart, with manufacturing in Mexico or somewhere nearby because we can't trust that we're going to be able to get stuff here from China. So there's this resetting of the economy going on to circumvent the damage done by the American government with the moronic shutdowns during COVID. 
which as you look at them, and, and this is what the story made me think. I was listening to uh, reading the story, and I was thinking, um, okay, maybe this is why they did the shutdowns. They saw a way to weaken China. And maybe they're doing war through the economy. And I don't know if I'm right or not. It's just an idea that popped in my head. But the um, I do think we have to look at things through that framework where they do what they have to do and do what they want to do. The big guys do without regard for uh, the, how it affects us little people and how it affects the country. And that's how it works now, I think. 860522WTIC. Let's talk to Mike in Hartford. Hi, Mike. Hi, I think I think when you look at the profit margins of the oil companies, the profit margins of the tech companies, when you see the amount of money that's being made by increasing the costs against us, mm-hmm. it makes it very difficult to blame it all on inflation and blame it all on the government. There's an active process being taken here to strip America of its funding by global corporations. And how, how is that? Strip America of its funding. Go into more detail on that because I don't really follow. Well, when, when you see an artificial increase in the price of oil, specifically because you have monopolistic tendencies within the oil markets, mm-hmm. and everything through OPEC has been pretty much cordoned into a, in a monopolistic state, they can charge how much, however much they want, and we have to pay it regardless. So when you see their profit margins exponentially increase and the pricing is all falling on the customer, and then you have people like you that come on there and shill away as though it's the government that's responsible for it, it really just enables those corporations to rape us further. Well, isn't the government policy what makes those corporations possible, the, the, the growth of them and the... Uh, the government has been supporting the the mergers, for example, through the last couple of decades to where we have basically a couple of oil companies. And do you not see those as being an integrated thing? Well, I, I see a, a lack of, of proper effort by the government to regulate that and instead regulating it in a way that allows these things to happen. If the government actually made the effort to regulate those markets correctly, Mm-hmm. we would see a complete drop in the inflation that, that would take away probably 90% of the increases we currently have. Mike, <laughs> but, thanks for making the point. Good to talk with you. 860 We'll take more phone calls after news. Off to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center we go. Mark Christopher checking in with a report. Mark. It's time. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Todd Feinberg, Monday through Friday, 3 till 6, on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yeah, so Don thinks it's the evil rich people, and Mike thinks it's the evil corporations, but 
the thing we have to manage our society, the, the me mechanism that we have in place that's supposed to take the will of the people and express it onto those entities to give us political power, to give us a say, is supposed to be government. And if the evil corporations and the evil rich are doing things that you don't want them to do, then you've got to look to the government as the place where your political power gets expressed. The reason you can't express it into those realms, it strikes me, is because the government has become the evil rich and the evil corporations. They are one and the same. They are all a cabal working against us in the worst case scenario. I don't happen to have the problem with, the, with rich people. I have a problem with runaway government. Corrupt government makes dirty deals with pockets of power, and we become losers in that equation. And if you didn't have dirty government, then you wouldn't have to worry about that. Trouble is, government is dirty. All right, let's get back to uh, Dwight David Eisenhower and his departing address to the American people. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. He was shocked to realize, as a guy who had been the general in World War II, knew how the military interacted with the government. He was shocked as president by the end of his term, his eight years, at how the power of military spending threatened to or had already turned everything on its head so that now the marketplace was controlling government decisions. Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime. You hear what he's saying. He was saying that 60 years ago this thing was already spinning out of control. Or indeed by the fighting men of World War II or Korea. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. Okay. That's a general statement right there. And that's, I believe, where we are today. It's not about the military-industrial complex anymore. It's about the everything-industrial complex. Or Korea. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists. That's where we are. Misplaced power. Government has left us and is now part of a separate marketplace. It isn't part of the political marketplace anymore. 860-522-9842. We're going to check and see how the marketplace of the roadway goes. Mark Christopher in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Hey, Mark. Now back to the Don Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Yes, yes, yes. What day is this? It's Tuesday, but it feels like Monday. For me, anyway, because I took yesterday off. We're talking about the end of the world. Uh, before we get to our next call, Chris, let's just listen to uh, a little bit more. Because this was very modular, Dwight Eisenhower's speech. Listen to this. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. Again, he was talking about the military-industrial complex. That, that is, he was seeing that marketplace, the industry that had grown up around World War II and American military spending, he saw as a threat to government sovereignty. 
And I believe this describes the entirety of our society. Now, not just the military. What he was what he was foreshadowing was the takeover of our government by economic forces and the merger of our elected representatives into the commercial world. They don't work for us anymore, even though they put on all the performances of caring about us. That's where I think we are today. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals. Well, we're not paying attention to anything except Netflix and, and video games. 860-522-9842. We've got rants coming up in about 20 minutes. Call one in, please. 860-751-4698. Chris in West Hartford. Hi, Chris. Hi, hi Todd. Uh, yeah, I, Eisenhower, <laughs> he knew exactly what he was talking about. He, 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 there was a, uh, the uh, military was drunk with power. I mean, they just wanted to build, build every little system. Uh, we had at that time that he was making that speech, we had over 10 times as many warheads as Russia. So, you know, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, one one reason Russia backed down was because we, we would have just totally annihilated them, you know, if, if, if they had tried anything. So that was good uh, that we had all that military. Well, yeah, it was it was OK. But uh, we, he was also, you know, we were also building like crazy, building. Uh, and what this did was this, this caused Russia to build in, in response. And, and, and you know, it, it was. Uh, yeah. And that drove that drove Russia out of business. Well, it took a long time. It, it took all the way through to Reagan before before Russia really uh, uh, threw in the threw in the towel, you know. But uh, um, what we have now. The thing I'm worried that we should all be worried about now is this massive debt. And, and you've been right in the, over the last several months to be criticizing government because uh, it's our government, uh, especially on the Democrat side, where they love to spend. And, they, and you know, a lot of Republicans have gone along with them. Uh, but we, we now have a thirty one and a half trillion dollar debt. Uh, which is right up. Uh, it, it's it's about it's more than our GDP right now, and w- there's an old saying that when you get up to 100% of GDP, uh, if the interest rates go higher go high enough, you can do, you can go into default very easily. In other words, you won't be able to pay the interest on your debt, and we're and we're pretty close to that. We're we're looking at paying over a trillion dollars every year just to cover uh, the interest on our debt, never mind paying any of it off. Right. So, uh, yeah. That is part of the deal. There is no doubt. Yeah. And it's very scary. Uh, And a a lot of this, you know, if you want to look at the Marxist Marxism, this is classic Marxism. It's uh, let capitalism get started. This is what he wrote in his manifesto. Let capitalism get started. And then, uh, as soon as something starts going awry, pounce on it, make it worse. You know, just pound out, pound on it, uh, get the get the public frightened, and tell them uh, we we need to take over. You know, we need to take over things. Chris, all right, thank you for the call. I'm not sure what happened there. 
860-522-9842. Thank you for the call, sir. Yeah, so so that is part of the deal. All this is part of the deal. But the deal is we're we're in trouble. It's lost to us. And it's not any one thing, I don't think. It's the fact that we don't have a government that fights for us, and we don't have a government that fights for us because we don't fight for us, because we are failures here. We have not kept our eye on the ball. We have been the the cat that's away, right? Is that Xenia on hold? Roland? Is that Australia? Okay. Let's talk to... How do you say your name? Is it Xenia? Xenia. Hi, Xenia. Thank you for being here. Todd with you. Thank you for making the call from the other end of the world and the other side of the day, right? It's like 6 in the morning where you are? Eight, yes. Okay, we, we're, your call's a little late, so we've got like uh, six or seven minutes. So let's talk fast. You are, as I understand it from Leibowitz, you are a former socialist who somehow got transformed into the opposite. How did that happen? Yes. So, well, like, like everybody else, the whole system in Australia is, is very socialist. So we're led to believe that there's this pay-forward, pay-it-forward system where, you know, you work, you pay tax, you stay honest, um, and then when you retire, you, you you get a pension from the government. You turn 65, you can't work anymore, you know, you get your pension and you live off that pension. And when you're working, you pay it forward for somebody else to live. So, you know, I'm making money at the moment, so paying tax and, you know, there's all these people on a pension. Do you know what a pension is? Or am I using Australian terms? No, no, that's what we call them, pensions. Or, But we don't call, we don't use the word pension for the public uh, programs. We use pension for the private ones. But it's all the same deal. We call it Social Security. Oh, and it's the same pyramid oh, scheme, okay. that, scheme that you're describing yes. that's, that's not sustainable yes, so, and is threatening to collapse. Is that what's going on in Australia? Exactly. Well, yeah, well, I thought it was, a, it, was a, it was a good idea. I'll pay my taxes now. All these people who are living on Social Security, you know, they're secured and I'm still young and working and that's all fine because when I turn 65, it will be my turn. But it doesn't work like that. Uh, I actually own a real estate company and managing properties for people who are disqualified for, the, uh, for Social Security in Australia because they own one rental property. So if you have two people working and, and earning the same amount, one of them is squandering all of their money, you know, eating out every weekend, uh, going on holidays. And, <laughs> and the other one's developing a, a real estate business. Uh, the latter yeah, gets penalized by the government. Yes, exactly, exactly. So if they own one rental property, they get penalized, they get nothing. So where is the fairness of the system? It Actually, it, it doesn't work. So that's is that what provoked you to rebel? That was that was one of the things that provoked me to rebel. There was a lot of things. So it's it's all about observation, um, and when you observe how it works, and you know government interference, they interfere in one sector of the market and just totally stuff everything up. Um, and groups of people. I was a scientist. 
um, I, I was actually in, in medical research and one of the things that, that put me off was these affirmative action plans that the government was taking. Uh, so the day that I that I was leaving for Canada, I did a postdoctoral research in Canada and when I was leaving, uh, they, there was a man with 30 years experience in there and he didn't get any, any government grants. And the government government grants actually went to some snotty-nosed little person who finished uh, just finished a PhD just like I did. Uh, she got all the grants because she was female. And I remember one of my professors coming up and said, thank God that you're in research. You won't have a problem getting any grants because they're only uh, funding female scientists. And I thought, well, that's, that's not good. That's they, not don't, they don't fund the good scientists. They just do it by gender they yeah yeah it's not based on merit it's not based on achievement it's based on 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 gender which is so so zenya in this country things are spinning out of control that you know it goes back to uh, franklin delano roosevelt in the in the 1940s and, and 30s the creation of a communist style state that lives inside of the the democratic state and they the rhetoric focuses on the democratic state but the reality is a big shift in power away from the marketplace and into the the government mechanisms controlled by special interest groups and now we're at this ridiculous phase mm-hmm. where they fund things that don't exist they fund equity and they don't say what equity is they just throw the word equity and the requirement to fund it into a law and then money pours in, and, and we're at this point where mm. now money is just spraying everywhere except to the people who've earned it. And I wonder if you've seen yeah. this same movement going on in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and people buy into that scheme that it's it's some kind of fair scheme, and it sounds fair on paper, but that's exactly what it is. It's taking from the people who have earned it, and have achieved it and giving it to some other special interest group, like you said, but not on the basis of helping them. It's all, I think it's on the basis of just gaining votes. To, oh, to there's, there's no doubt that as the further down this path you go, the more clear and vivid it will be that they are just robbing us blind. And the thing we're talking about today is that Joe Biden went to um, Ukraine and he gave a speech today in Poland where he was talking about Ukraine like it was going to be a 51st United States state, that, that he was embracing this country and we were all going to support them with whatever it took for as long as it takes. And I'm looking at it and saying, what, what is he talking about and what is our interest there? And I, it, I had the distinct feeling today that the, our government is not our government. It belongs to other investors. It's like a private entity that everybody's uh, pretending belongs to the people, but we have no influence over it anymore. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. It, is, it has become an out-of-control control mechanism. So Zenya, I love that yeah. you've you've been going on this personal journey where you were socialist before and not long ago, and and now you're on the other side of things. And you started a Facebook chat room, Stand in Your Power. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So my my main business is real estate. This is where I make my money. I spend a lot of time researching, uh, researching objectivism, objective philosophy. 
you know, when you open your eyes and start to see, you cannot unsee. And for a long time, I thought it was only me and this one guy in New York for years, years and years. He was the only person, um, his name is Adele, uh, he was the only person that had the, the same views as, as I had. And I thought there was nobody else. I thought I was, I was the only one that, that could see all of these things. Because, of course, when you, when you start to tell people about it, like this is, this is actually unfair, uh, you know, why aren't these people getting a pension? Why aren't my clients with one investment property getting a pension in Australia and all of these other people are? Um, you get attacked. <laughs> so, and, and this is the, the socialist ideology is to defend it, whether it's reasonable or logical yes, or not. Yes. They defend that ideology. So it was only me and this one person. Uh, and then I got onto uh, the Ayn Rand Institute and I thought, oh my gosh, there are a lot of us. <laughs> Yes, there are a lot of us. So we just have a minute. We just have a minute left. I wanna. I want you to tell people how to find you online. Yeah. Okay. So my uh, standing your power group online. Uh, just type in standing your power and join our group. So so you go to Facebook and type in stand in your power and and your page will come yes. up even in America. Yes. 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 There are a lot of Americans on there. Okay, and is there is that your uh, is that the one place people should go? Is there anywhere else you want to tell them about? Um, yes, yes. For well, the purpose of this, yes, I run okay. a real estate company called Alexa Real Estate as well. Good, Zenia. Let's uh, let's let's schedule another se- session so we can talk further. It's been great to meet you, and I love. The, the power that it has from somebody coming from a whole other country having the same experience. That's great. So let's talk again soon, okay? Thank you, Todd. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Okay. So that's Xenia from Australia. Her Facebook group is Stand In Your Power. Search that on Facebook and let me know if that works, okay? Send me an email, todd at toddtalk.com, or give a call. Let's go to Mark Christopher. He's watching the roads for us from the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. How are things looking? Like? What's this? Oh, they're laying down under. I bet you've had this before. What is a Vegemite sandwich? I don't you know. Had one, Mark? I, heard, I heard it's pretty gross. <laughs> That's all I've heard. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.